everybody, and welcome back to the WTF1 podcast, Hungarian Grand Prix edition. <laughs> the only bit of energy, positive energy, you're going to hear for the entirety of this podcast. Welcome, everybody. Uh, we are now officially in the F1 summer break. Doesn't feel like it, though. My emotions are still very much being worked right now. But welcome once again to our podcast guest, <laughs> Katie Fairman, WTF1 author, and Tom Bellingham, the WTF1 founder, founder. who hey. is, I can barely see you in there, mate. You're so cushioned up with those 80 points. That I can hardly see your, your face in the, in the screen. God, to... I'd love to, I need to watch back the, the early podcast where you were like, no. So tell me, uh, double Red Bull DNF, uh, 39 points or whatever it was. Uh, 43. Yeah. I 40, 43. <laughs> oh, my days. And now it's 80. And that was 43 ahead of George way. Russell. Yes, it was actually. Max was fifth, sixth uh, in the title. Anyway. No, we'll wow. move on to that. Don't, don't, let me, don't let me descend into depression just yet, Tommy. Let me, uh, <laughs> let me at least do the intro before I start crying. Uh, welcome to Team WTF1. We're watching live. Uh, if you want to join, uh, then you uh, can find the links in the description. And also, this podcast is once again sponsored by Elgato, our season-long partners, uh, making us sound pro- professional with amazing equipment and you can hear my voice break in the highest quality that you can possibly high quality wish for. crying high quality sadness so before we dive into the hungarian grand prix and what went on there we uh, we had some news we had some big old news uh, and to be fair if you aren't a team wt1 member this will be yesterday's news because it goes out tomorrow doesn't it otherwise but um, indeed Fernando Alonso to Aston Martin in 2023. That sounds weird saying it out loud. Um, we have done a whole podcast on it, so you can go and listen uh, to our thoughts and opinions. And also, there'll be a YouTube video up as well. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. Um, but I guess initial thoughts from you, Katie. I've heard Tommy's thoughts enough uh, for one podcast. So. <laughs> well, just pure shock. I mean, I tweeted earlier that I literally thought it was a parody account saying about Fernando going to Aston. So then when I clicked on the tweet and I saw the blue tick, I started shaking because I was just like, what on earth is going on? Um, But yeah, he didn't waste any time getting that Aston Martin bag, did he? I think there's clearly going to be quite a lot of money exchanged there because I can't imagine why else he would go from Alpine, who they're both, you know, middle teams and stuff like that. But Alpine seems to have a bit more potential than Aston Martin at the moment. Um, but hey, Fernando Alonso is king of making poor career moves. So perhaps this will join the long list of them. The, f- the fact yeah. it's taken an hour and a half for Alpine to send any kind of message kind of suggests they might have been blindsided a bit as well, which is even crazier. So, wowzer. Maybe there shot. was, uh, maybe, maybe this is Fernando Alonso building, uh, building, burning his seventh or eighth bridge. <laughs> Uh, in Formula One. He's collecting them every yeah. team before he goes. <laughs> can scratch them off the wall. Yes, I've pissed off Alpine. Great. Who's next? Yeah, literally. Um, but yeah, uh, we, we dive into all the reasons. Uh, so go check out that podcast if you want to to, to get uh, myself and, and Tommy's thoughts on that. Right. Let's talk about Hungarian Grand Prix because I feel like it's going to be a long one. Um, let's start with some three-word <laughs> race reviews. Yamil Gonza, WTF again, Ferrari. Aviation.ni. 2021 podium returns. Morataya 7U7, Ferrari disaster plan. And Lorev Kaleja, super, super max. And then a fire emoji. Does a fire emoji count as a, as a word? I feel like that disqualified. Might be, I might have to be disqualified just purely <laughs> because it's it's something about Max doing well again. Uh, but 
So, let's just let's just get it out of the way, shall we? Let's go with my three word race review. Which actually you did for me because I didn't actually put that in. Did <laughs> I didn't know if you change it or not, but I think uh, it probably. Well, I, I'm gonna go with. I am uh, depressed. <laughs> <laughs> I am depressed. It's a good one. Uh, fanboy vacancies. Anyone? Um, oh, that's a good one. I've had I, enough. No, I think my three word race is gonna be "I love Red Bull." I've always been a Max Verstappen <laughs> fan. <laughs> And he's dro- so driven good. really well. Uh, this has yeah. actually just been a whole facade. I've I've actually been I, I've had I've hated Leclerc this whole time. No, I haven't. I, I love him. Um, but yes, uh, Ferrari, I'm finished. Ferrari, I'm done. Whatever you want. Yeah, let's go with Ferrari. I'm finished. I'm absolutely finished with Ferrari. I cannot believe. I cannot believe what went on, everyone. I really can't. Like it's only been a day, not even. Uh, we're filming this in the morning of Monday, and I've slept on it. You think, ah, maybe I've got more coherent thoughts. No, I don't have any coherent. I do not know what they are doing. Like, it is the It's beyond parody now, isn't it? Fiesta, it Mm. is. Genuinely, I feel like you have to be you have to be questioning match fixing at this point. Like a Ferrari (laughs) being paid the big bucks to throw every race. I'm joking, by the way, before people take that seriously. But I am so done. Like what? I'm I'm speechless. Genuinely, I cannot believe. Like, was it lap thirty eight? I'm putting my feet up. Leclerc's five seconds clear of Russell. He's he's vibing. He's he's feeling really good on those medium tires. Had a Ferrari one two written all over it, didn't it? Shut up, Tommy. He said in qualifying. <laughs> absolutely what I said. Uh, yes, in in uh, after qualifying, I said it has a Ferrari one two written all over it. Of course, they started second and third. Red Bull were tenth and eleventh. You had a Mercedes on pole who were nef- never going to have better race pace than Ferrari. It doesn't matter if it was minus 40. But whatever Ferrari say about these changes in track temperatures and how their, their pace went out the window, their pace was so good in practice that, yeah, okay, maybe they weren't as quick, but they were still the quickest car on track. So stop trying to say that their car wasn't working properly because it was. Like Leclerc even was asked that. They were like, oh, so where did the pace go? I think Rachel Brooks asked it uh, asked him and he went, oh, no, the pace was actually pretty right. Like, felt good. Like, it felt really good on the mediums. I'm, I could do a 20 minute soliloquy. Uh, you need monologue. to do like a for FIA um, rant for Ferrari, Matt. That's what uh, the yeah, people need. Well, there's some questions no that we'll get into, taken. but but, I, but I'm 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 absolutely done. I can't believe it. Mark O'Neill, Team WTF one member, Mark O'Neill says in the chat, "Hype train derailed," which is a good three word race review for you, Matt. That was um, derailed about six races ago. Yeah, it's now. Burning Lost. off a bridge, <laughs> burning like the, the branding. Of an ocean. You don't even know it's the Ferrari hype train anymore. It's just a train with no branding on it anymore. I'm at the front, still waiting, but hoping for a miracle. Everyone's got off. Yeah. Oh man, that's it's just crushing. Like you know, I know that you're such a huge Ferrari fan, the Clerk fan. I like Ferrari. I like a lot of the teams on the grid, um, but you know, they're not my number one faves. But I'm still so gutted for Ferrari fans and just fans of the sport. We won a championship battle at the end of the day. Like none of us want to see, unless you're Tommy, maybe or a Red Bull fan, Max Verstappen run off into the sunset and, you know, get his second world title, you know, do it like Hamilton style with seven races still left to go or something stupid. I don't think that's mathematically possible, but you get what I'm saying. But yeah, I just can't wrap my head around it. How they can make mistake after mistake after mistake. It is literally, as you say, a parody. And I think the worst of it is that 
Ferrari themselves just don't seem to see anything wrong with what they are doing. Like they're almost insulting F1 fans to be like, you guys are making a big deal out of nothing. And it's like, no, we're making a big deal out of the massive bleeps up that you keep doing. And yeah, every time the Tifosi see a glimmer of hope, it's just crushed in front of their eyes. So I hope that Ferrari start paying for people's therapy because I feel like that's where it's heading. <laughs> it's a great it's a great point about the the fact that they're taking everyone for mugs because we were doing a Twitch watch along. A second they put those hard tires on, the whole chat, me and Matt obviously reacted going, that's it, they've lost the race, they've screwed Leclerc. Yeah. The whole chat's popping off going, ha, ah, they've put hards on. Everyone knew. We saw what happened with Alpine. Every single person can see it apart from Ferrari. I don't understand how us sat at home watching the Grand Prix on telly without all the data can see that was a bad call. And then they still go, it's funny you mentioned about, oh, uh, oh, the car wasn't up to it. I've seen the, I saw a, a chart that someone made of the average lap times and it was Leclerc was the fastest of the whole race. So his pace was fine. Uh, Max was close behind and then it was Hamilton. So Charles was there on pace. He was fine. Um, a really funny, well, painful for you, Matt, sorry <laughs> to put you, uh, but uh, Virtual Statman tweeted, uh, and I completely even forgot about this, but uh, the medium, medium hard tyre strategy did not even figure in any of Pirelli's strategy recommendations for today's race. It wasn't even suggested as an alternative for the quicker strategies. And then I saw a great reply where someone uh, called Crystal Watmore replied and said, I almost forgot Pirelli do all the strategies in advance. It's like doing an open book exam and still failing. Like Ferrari, they had it there that like, no, that, that was not a strategy and they still did it. And it's just baffling that um, I actually watched watch the race back. And when uh, they did the uh, tire graphic at the start of the race crofty goes well we won't be seeing the hard tires today because they're terrible even crofty. Like, yeah even crofty, crofty. Is, <laughs> crofty is a guy that was suggesting that everyone was should pit for inters mm. at the end of the race on the vsc or anyone like outside the points or whatever mm. it's embarrassing honestly it's so embarrassing um everyone can see it you know as soon as they come in the pits commentators are like what so why Ferrari don't see it? I don't know what they're doing. I genuinely but, don't know what they're doing. How how people, yeah, they've got no wheel knowledge. <laughs> they, they have none. Not even one smidgen of wheel knowledge. Like, there was, okay, right. I can forgive Alpine, for example. Alpine tried something different. They put the hard tires on. They may have obviously known, you know, going into the race that, hards were not the way to go right like that was on the paper on paper it said they were 1.4 seconds a lap slower than the soft tires like they did not work but i can see what alpine were maybe thinking where they stick on the hard tires earlier you've got this threat of rain in the air maybe they can continue their stint do one less stop then whack on the inters fine but they're trundling around like bambi on ice like three-legged donkeys like they are the slowest they're being passed by aston martins by hasses by everything it's not working ferrari see this they clearly don't. They're clearly looking well, at computers or something and not watching the race because it just makes no sense. But they were watching the WTF Alpine were Twitch, the guinea were pig. The Alpine were the yeah. guinea pigs. I think K Mag they... as well was was basically yeah. driving like he was upside down. He was going so slowly, yeah. like it was so obvious the hard tires weren't working. But what Ferrari have done, and they will never, 
the, the problem I have as well, right, is that some teams will just put their hands up yep. and say, Never we made a massive error. The problem I have with Ferrari is that they don't admit error, and that's why they don't learn from their mistakes, and that's why they don't they continue to do this. This season has well, been... Well, this is Silverstone Part 2. It's exactly yeah, the same. Em- embarrassing. It's because, like, you know, Mateo was uh, interviewed after the race. You know, I'm not quoting him, but, like, it, in... In so, so many words, it was like him saying, oh, well, the, the pace was different to what it looked like on Friday. We were kind of, you know, it didn't work on whatever tyre, yada, yada, yada. But I've got I've got the quote here. He said, yeah. uh, overall, the speed today was not great enough. And whatever tyres we were using, I don't think we were as good as we were looking for, which is a lie yeah, but, because yeah, Leclerc was the fastest driver in the race. Yeah, but it's just, it's just sugarcoating what actually happened. They're saying that they were slower than their pace advantage they had on Friday, which is, yeah, true. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about you choosing a tyre that was always going to destroy Leclerc's race. What they've done, and I think Ted even asked him, he said, did you panic when Verstappen pitted for mediums? They did. Like, they 100%. just had to say they were trying to cover it off, but they haven't thought, oh, wait, no, the tyre warm-up for the hard tyres is about 10 laps. That He was never going to be able to cover off Verstappen. What they had to do was be confident in their strategy and go on the soft tyres at the end. Leclerc got mm. interviewed after the race and said, I felt good on the mediums. Yeah. I, I, I was under the impression pick. I was going for as long as possible. Verstappen did over 30 laps, I think, on those medium tyres at the end of the race and did a 360 and lit up his rears. Those medium tyres went a solid amount of time. Why would you pit him? And, I don't and understand. You made, a, you made a great point. Obviously, you're very... You're fuming on the the Twitch, and rightly rightly so. But you you know you made a great point that when they pitted science, they did the strategy they should have done with Leclerc. So they can't have thought it was a good strategy, otherwise they'd have done the same with science. So they knew it exactly. was wrong because they did the strategy with science that they should have done with Leclerc. And once again, it was Leclerc that got shafted. The guy that had the pace, the guy that should have won the race. Um. Yeah, madness. I know. Madness. I know that obviously some of it is a benefit of hindsight. Fair enough. But the hindsight isn't the hard tire bit. The soft tires didn't work particularly well on the club. I mean, how embarrassing is it to send him out on hards, then pit him again to go on soft tires? They thought it was quicker to stick another set of softs on for the last however many laps it was than stick out in whatever position he was in. Yeah, I find that admit, baffling that, as well. Yeah, they admit that they've done it wrong. It's I, their way of admitting it without admitting it. And that's another thing I don't think has been spoken about as much as that third pit stop. I don't think they should have pit him. They've committed to that hard tyre strategy and he lost another two positions and came out sixth. At least what he could have done is maybe fight Perez, who wasn't very quick at the end of that race, to maybe finish fifth, to salvage some points. But the fact they pit him again, I mean, that is, like, I know they don't say it, but that is clear evidence that they messed up but they don't want to fully admit it, which is just the most painful thing of being a Ferrari and especially a Leclerc fan is that they don't have Leclerc's back. They don't go, he deserves more than what we're giving him. They don't do any of that. Uh, Because as I've said before on the podcast, Ferrari are bigger than any driver that drives for them. And it's as simple as that. Do you think you have what it takes to be an F1 commentator? Well, we've partnered with DHL on their Commentator Challenge, which will give one of you the chance to win an incredible behind-the-scenes F1 experience. 
All you have to do is record your commentary over a sector of the DHL Fastest Lap for your chance to win an exclusive behind-the-scenes experience at F1 testing in 2023. We've added an extra twist to the WTF1 portal. We have three key words that you'll also need to add into your commentary, and they are reaction, rundown, and fanboy. The prize? It sounds pretty damn good, doesn't it? You'll get to explore the paddock, meet with F1 talent, and step into the commentary box to take part live at the track. The WTF1 round is open now and closes at the end of August. The three best entries from our round will be selected to take part in our final Fastest Lap Commentator Showdown at the end of the season. But we will also choose a few of our favourites to win some WTF1 merch. I'm excited to see all of your entries, so click the link in the description to enter, and good luck. Right, let's move on to a question, because I literally could go on for four hours. Uh, Ace12 Adam, should Ferrari have started on softs instead of starting on mediums? Okay, this is Ferrari's first mistake of of many that we saw in Hungary. Looking at the tyre strategy and whatnot, why Ferrari thought that they had to offset a strategy to beat George Russell is beyond me. I know that a lot of the time they start on the mediums, etc., and that's usually the best race tyre, and it was good for Leclerc. But the soft tyre around the gripless track like Hungary worked really well. And that's what George... And George Russell was able to stay in front of the Ferraris for that entire stint when the Ferrari is so much quicker, really, on race pace. What they should have done, in my opinion, is start at least one of them on the soft tyres. Why have they gone for the same strategy for both of them? Mm. I don't know. Because then, of course... Leclerc starting on the mediums, then pitting quite early signs, and then pitting a little bit after for Leclerc. They're already nailing in the coffin to have they to pitted, go on the hard tyres. They pitted mediums as the soft runners yeah, pitted, so they, they got no advantage. The yeah. They got no advantage on it, which makes no sense. Um, th- yeah, th- they could have done. And at the end of the day, though, Hamilton started on mediums as well and finish second. So he proved that that strategy can work. I've seen a lot of people going, oh, they were doomed from the get-go, which I don't think they were because Hamilton showed that that strategy can still work. Um, And, well, they got it right with science, but science's pace, by the way, was not good at the end that he still finished fourth. Um, But Leclerc certainly would have been uh, up there fighting for the win, if not winning, with if they'd have just done that strategy with him because his pace was good. So, um, yeah, they weren't doomed from the get-go. They had the chance to recover it. And this was a bit of a blunder, but I don't think it was the biggest blunder, the biggest blunder came later in the race. Yeah, yeah. But the whole strategy made no sense to the fact that they had that advantage on the mediums and then pitted with everyone for the for the tire uh, at the same time as the soft so yeah very bizarre it is just absolutely baffling i mean lots of people saying should they have started on the softs like you say hamilton started on the mediums and they stuck with their strategy and he finished in second he made it work so it was definitely possible that you know it wasn't lost by the fact that they got up to the grid and then they put um the mediums on instead of the softs but it is just completely baffling. Like looking, as you say, at the sort of graph or grid that Pirelli put out after the race, which shows all the strategies, like the fact that they pitted so early um, when they could have gone longer. I know it's all like getting the undercut, the overcut, that kind of stuff, but there were just so many elements to it, which made 
literally no sense. I mean, we at the end of the day are armchair experts. We're noobs compared to like, you know, the people that are meant to be sat on the pit wall. Yet somebody who's been watching Formula One for even a couple of months could probably tell you that that was a poor idea to put Leclerc on those hard tyres or anything like that. I mean, it was quite interesting listening to Max Verstappen, obviously race winner, speak after the Grand Prix. He said that Red Bull had even thought about starting on the hard tyre, which I mean, imagine something like that. That would have been mental, but they saw sense, put him on the softs. Um, but yeah, I just find it insane. When you look at the the chart of like the Alpines putting on the hards, You've also got Magnussen. He obviously went onto the hards on lap six because he had to come in because he got a, a black and orange flag anyway. Schumacher, same thing, like went onto the hards on lap 21. Joe hards on lap 20, uh, 37, sorry, or 27, 27. And um, like they would have had this data. They would have seen how it was going. So for them to think, yes, this is what we're going to do. And I know lots of people were saying, oh, they had to use two compounds, which is also something that I feel like Crofty and Brundle completely forgot about when they were talking about it on comms. I was like, yeah, Brundle was done? like, why didn't you go on the mediums? It's like, because he's been on mediums. Yeah, babe, babes, come on, get with it. Um, so I understand that they had to change the compound, but like they literally were like, is it playing chicken or something? Like they they just freaked out as soon as Verstappen Pitten was like, ah, there's a, we need to put tire on. Let's just pick that one. Like just keep it going and put the hot the softs on. Like it was I a strategy that would have worked. Yeah, I can't believe they tried to say that they weren't reacting to Max. He pitted the lap after. If that's not reacting to Max, yeah. then what? <laughs> like it's just stupid. coincidence, hmm? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just... No. Oh, we always plan to pit uh, straight yeah. after Max Verstappen. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and and, okay, and big props to to Max Verstappen because you know as Katie said about the whole uh, Verstappen, he he did the um, lap to the grid on the hards and immediately it was his decided call to go on softs. Yeah, these are a pile of trash. Let's start on the softs, um, and that obviously worked incredibly well for him. Um, yeah, but I, I agree. I, th- I think as well, Katie, you said that they stuck to their strategy, and that's not what Ferrari did. They should have just gone. They this is what out. we need to do, and just stuck with their guns like Leclerc was fast he wasn't falling off Leclerc's he was pulling a, away from George a he, was, driver. he yeah. knows what he's talking about if he says these tires are fine the tires are probably going to be fine this is a conversation yeah. for later I think uh in the <laughs> podcast because we've got got kind of questions the podcast, about it it's not the podcast sorry no, well we've got <laughs> questions about it later on so but the thing you mentioned about Ferrari and the last one about being bigger than no one's bigger than Ferrari but Mercedes and Red Bull are happy to like build around their drivers and stuff. Leclerc actually questioned the stop. You know, we've always said that he needs to start basically going, no, I'm Mm. not doing it. He did that. And they were like, no, no, trust us. This is the best thing. And he obviously (laughs) came into the pits and it was awful. So he knew. And the fact that Red Bull, if, if that's Ferrari and Leclerc does a lap to the grid and goes, no, I think we should be on softs here. You just know Ferrari would be like, no, it's our decision. Yeah, the, data this say is, this. the data says this, so we have to go with this. Whereas Red Bull have got that. That's what's helping them win this title. They, they put their trust in Max when they need to and the data when they need to. And it's a balancing mm. act. It's not just what's written down on the computer is right. Sometimes the, well, driver... the computer was saying no. Like, well, I yeah, don't know exactly. what computer yeah. they were using, like Windows 95, they were using Windows a Game XP. Boy something. Yeah. Like, oh, God. Anyway. Oh, my days. Next question. Team WTF1 member Michael Smithers. 
Do we think Ferrari will finally take this race as a wake-up call, or can you see them blundering on for another nine races, denying anything is wrong and refusing to change their strategy team? That's exactly what they will do, Michael Smithers. Um, they, if, I mean, how they haven't woken up already, <laughs> like maybe they need a summer break to realize oh okay hold on Let, let's just let's just zoom out on this first half of the season oh we upgrade lost 170 <laughs> points or whatever it is oh yeah upgrade maybe yeah to the latest uh, windows edition uh, they have to change their strategy team 100 percent. they need to stop being so set in their ways as i keep saying and they just have to be open with their drivers with the media they have to stop being this entity that is bulletproof because it just doesn't in this day and age, it just doesn't look or reflect great. Like they want fans. They want people that are diehard loyal fans. And there are still a lot of Ferrari fans out there. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, I'm not saying that that would particularly affect their performances, but it is another element to it where you go, well, how much longer are fans going to take this where you say they're not doing anything wrong and you are doing something wrong because everyone mm. saw it. It's not, it's, you know, <laughs> they got caught red handed doing wrong things and they're like, no. Actually, it was 20 degrees colder. Um, so our pace wasn't there. I know Leclerc was leading the race quite comfortably, but the the pace wasn't there. <laughs> like, oh my God, we were so slow. <laughs> I mean, the question says, do you think we'll see them blundering on for another nine races? I think make that another nine years, mate. Like, honestly, the rate they're going, like they've had some class drivers in their team over the past decade. Fernando Alonso is a fantastic driver. They chewed him up and they spat him out. And, you know, he's now a sour man, partly, I guess, because of it. Sebastian Vettel, also not a bad driver. Same kind of thing. Charles Leclerc is literally just the, the next, like, link in the chain. It's depressing to see, but they've been so stuck in their ways for so long because they are Ferrari. Ferrari is this, you know, like huge entity it's uh, they think it's bulletproof and that people will support them it's in the blood and all this kind of stuff and the reality is that times are changing guys and like people are not going to keep putting up with your crap any longer if you keep making these mistakes then don't be surprised if you soon become a laughing stock i mean they became a laughing stock in 2020 when they finished sixth in the constructors and people have kind of forgiven them for it because they've come back stronger and this kind of stuff but it's just they're becoming like a proper the proper clowns of the paddock and it's so sad to see a team that's just steeped in so much history and so much success just think they are bigger than everything else and then reality it just doesn't seem to be the case i mean yeah like i said earlier if i was a if i was a ferrari fan i would be seriously questioning all my life decisions right now <laughs> because <laughs> it's just so poor there's a message in our Team WTF1 chat from Uncreative87 that says, admitting error by Ferrari is like suicide in the Italian media, though the S-storm would be worse than what it is now. But I, surely that's not the case because they're an absolute clown show with like the internet and everything like that. How is, is it worse that the Italian media just go, okay, they've admitted their mistake and they need to improve? Um, for me, that's that's baffling. And yeah, Silverstone should have been the wake-up call. And the fact that it's happened again is just embarrassing. And then even, even little things like, I feel like science had a slow pit stop every time he came into the pits <laughs> during that race. He did, yeah. Um, yeah. And there's just something going on 
uh, at Ferrari, how they have ended up with two cars off the podium in that race when Hungary is should be a nailed on one two. I know we're obviously bantering about you saying that, Matt, but it's so true mm. that if that's any other team, obviously we joked, but even I thought that yes, it would be a Ferrari one two because it's it did have a Ferrari one two run over it. If that's any other team, it's an easy one two. They've got the best like fastest car, their rivals are down in 10th and 11th. How have they, how has it gone so badly? And a lot of people, it just seems to be Ferrari, like this problem with Ferrari. And a lot of people I've seen on Twitter going, right, you tell me now that Sebastian Vettel should have won at, at Ferrari. It's clearly a fundamental problem at Ferrari mm. because we're seeing the same happening with Leclerc. We saw the same happen with Alonso. Can't be coincidence so it's just it's something needs to change big time but it yeah. won't it won't it won't um <laughs> because uh, as we said for whatever reason ferrari think that it's embarrassing to own up to their mistakes and just be like oh my god yeah we we, we shouldn't have put the hard tire on that was silly from us when in reality that would help a lot of people to heal <laughs> me included <laughs> where you just go well yeah first half of the season we weren't good enough we're going to reflect on it and we're going to be better for the second half of the season then you go okay Okay, maybe they're actually taking. But it's always, ah, oh, we'll talk internally. You know, Leclerc's always kind of a bit censored in what he says, even though you can tell. Like, for example, when George Russell said "unlucky, mate," and he was like, "Yeah, no," and and that was the <laughs> one tiny bit of emotion where you were like, you can see how absolutely devastated Leclerc is, and then he's back to, "Yeah, well, we'll talk internally," and blah blah blah. Like, there's there's no, there's, you just yeah, it's, it's difficult. We saw to... on like Drive to Survive when Sebastian Vettel was there, and they were like. No joking. Like, it's literally so mm. robotic on the inside of, like, you have to do this, say this, you can't do this, blah, 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 that I wonder how long it'll be before the clerk just, like, cracks. I mean, if I was the clerk, I would just, I no, wouldn't be able to bite my to tongue. I, no, I reckon Leclerc will be in Mercedes when Hamilton retires. What are you saying? No. Mm, happening. I don't know. He's going, might, uh, might... any top yeah. team, he'll leave, like, 100%. If this carries on, he will not stay. So yeah, sad, I think that's The we we, we haven't even mentioned that the top three in the cooldown room were laughing, <laughs> openly laughing that Ferrari were on the hard tires. That, that says everything you need to know. That the reaction of the of Hamilton finding that out and Max laughed as he said, "Yeah, they were," and Russell laughed and said, "Yeah," and Hamilton was started laughing. Is there any more evidence? They like need, the drivers, they, it like, they, I think I said in Internet Special Reactions, these are drivers that have not seen Alpine going around Bambi on ice. This is not, you know, seeing anything like the overall picture. They've just been driving and they knew those hard tyres were not to be touched at any point of the race. <laughs> but, uh, oh, it's just yeah. insanity. It's, it's, it's insanity. Next, it's genuinely mm. like Ferrari just rolled the dice and we're like, well, we need to cover off Verstappen. Let's see if they work for it's us. It's the bit at the end of the really 3D videos where they spin the wheel and it's just got random thing. That's Ferrari with their strategy. Hard tire. Yeah. <laughs> okay, next question. Jake Brech. Would Mercedes be leading or fighting Red Bull for the championship if they had Ferrari's car this year? Not a dig at the drivers, but more the teams operationally and decision-making. If Mercedes had Ferrari's car, they would be leading the world title by at 50 points in the drivers and the constructors they would if you look at what they have achieved this year they are 30 points behind ferrari in a car that has been on average about a second a lap slower 
They have maximized almost every single race weekend. That Ferrari has been good enough to win maybe nine or 10 races this year. If Mercedes are in charge, there's not going to be a strategy blunder, in my opinion. It's very rare that we see a strategy blunder from Mercedes. They are such a well-oiled machine. And I firmly believe Mercedes, if they had Ferrari's car, would easily win the title this year. Uh, I don't know about lead it, leading the title or that. Yeah, definitely fighting. Well, come on. Why? Like... <laughs> I think that's a discredit to what Verstappen's doing. When oh, you no, say no, they I'm had Ferrari's car, though, do you mean also with the reliability issues? Because that's one thing Mercedes have got over Ferrari is that their car has been pretty much bulletproof. If they had yeah. Ferrari's car, so I suppose it's just well, they've had a couple like, of engine failures. I, I or... do think they'd have been they'd have been fighting them a lot closer, and it would have been. And this is kind of going onto my my race review, but yeah, if. Uh, if Mercedes did have that car, we'd be having a much spicier title battle, 100%. Mm. There's no guarantee that, but I don't think they'd be leading by 50 points or whatever. No, okay, yeah. Maybe 50 was a bit exaggerating, but um, but definitely in the You're title You're in pain. <laughs> yeah, I am in, okay. I'm in a lot of pain. But there has been so many points thrown down the toilet oh, through Ferrari's oh, blunders. Yeah. And I suppose as well, yeah, maybe with the reliability, that's that's something to be taken into a, into account. But Mercedes have been bulletproof for their reliability so technically would they be in uh, it, it's a very open-ended question but um yeah i'm just angry that he's 80 points behind to be honest with you <laughs> um but it's uh it's certainly something that mercedes would be utilizing and they the, the only problem they'd be having is the ferrari reliability issues in my opinion they know how to work with their drivers as well mercedes they know how to make them feel better when things aren't going right which is so important for mm -hmm. them not making mistakes, perhaps. So Leclerc maybe not feeling like he has to drive to the absolute 105% of his ability because he has a team around him that isn't piling on the pressure, but instead being part of his little yeah. army to push forward. Well, look how well Lewis is driving now. And, mm. it, you know, he could have been completely demoralized by how the Mercedes was at the start of the season and them sending him out in a car that's, you know, hurting his back and stuff and they do they they come on the radio and say we need to sort this and we can improve and don't worry we're we're going to get it sorted and yeah they do they do know how to manage these drivers and ferrari clearly don't and don't know how to manage a, a race winning car because yeah it's a very 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 good car and i joked about the in the last podcast about how it'd be the the best car not to win the title. And I said, it'd be the best car to uh, finish third. Certainly going that way now because it's Mercedes happening. taken a big old chunk out of them again. Yeah. I mean, Hamilton's outscored Leclerc, by the way, in the last five races, which is oh, boggling. Hamilton has more podiums than Leclerc this year. Yeah. That is madness. Yikes. Hamilton has more podiums than Leclerc this year in a car. May I reiterate, there's been over a second a lap slower than the Ferrari. Tells you everything you need to know, really. It's Man's about shocking. to start watching cricket. I'll tell you. <laughs> wow, it's got that yeah. bad. Yeah, oh, but I mean, there's... <laughs> Twitch Tommy. <laughs> yeah, well, literally. So there's 97 points between Red Bull and Ferrari in the Constructors' Championship so far. Nearly 100 points. Like, are you actually joking? considering that Red Bull had all these reliability woes at the start of the year. Like, it is just...
crazy. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think Mercedes definitely have a better internal organization than Ferrari do, like you say, in terms of coaching their drivers, saying what they need to hear, getting the team geared up, making them feel like they're all one big happy family, I guess you could say. Whereas, I mean, Bonotto's approach to cheering up Charles Leclerc is apparently wagging his finger in front of him. <laughs> Tell him to in shut the, up and don't say anything. In Park Ferme, exactly, where you've got Toto Wolff, which, to be fair, I've had my criticisms of him saying, you know, oh, Lewis, I'm sorry we've given you such a tractor to drive. You know, this thing is a piece of crap, blah, 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 on team radio. Obviously, you know, stakeholders aren't going to be too happy to hear that. People back at the factory aren't going to be too happy to hear that when they've been putting blood, sweat and tears into that Mercedes. But maybe, like, by stroking Hamilton's ego that it's kept him at a level where he's like, yeah, okay, well, at least the team understand my struggles and we can just keep fighting and trying to get something better. Like, and Bonotto and Ferrari in general just don't seem to have that kind of empathetic element to them. It's just like robotic. That's the only way I can kind of describe it. There doesn't seem to be... I'm sure there is some human emotion in there somewhere. I mean, Charles said that after... Um, what would it have been? I can't. There's so many races for I have messed up this year. I've lost count. But during France, a, a, Monaco, I think it was after. Uh, can't have been after Austria. Maybe Monaco. Yeah, there was so a time where <laughs> really, really, it could have been after Silverstone. There's just too many. But where Leclerc went home to Monaco and Bonotto went and visited him in his apartment in Monaco to sort of, you know, cheer him up and that kind of stuff. So there are examples of Bonotto showing that kind of caring side <laughs> he went and visited him like, yeah, and then just went no and then left Cheer up you grumpy sod and I then just left. don't see bonotto as someone who's particularly someone who can g you up and i don't know just he's seems very like mellow a, and just like a standoffish like, like i don't know i mean he literally left the pit wall yesterday when it got too much so 100 percent, he left the pit wall screamed in that garage and then came back. Like, there's no way. There's no way there's anything else that he's done. Yeah, he did like the Danny Rick room. screaming. Yeah, yeah. oh, don't. Yeah. Or the Leclerc screaming um, France. No. Or yeah, Matt screaming the Twitch. Remind me. Yeah, yeah, please. Cool. Nice. Nice. Thanks for reminding me. Um, good. At least we've got, what, four weeks of... Well, Ferrari happy now, aren't they? Because at least there's four weeks of not throwing it <clears> and then uh, they can go back to... Spa. to spar and and, and then throw something else um yeah good good next question um dappy emma do you think red bull mercedes would be as defensive about their strategy if they were making the same mistakes as ferrari no i don't think mercedes would be i think toto would be on the radio going that was an absolutely horrendous strategy sorry lewis because they know how to manage their drivers as we keep going back towards that <laughs> and red bull maybe slightly less but i still think they would go yeah we could have done something different on the strategy the hard tires wasn't right and then they move on. Like that's how you squash things: is you accept the the problem, and then you you move on. It's very simple. Yeah, it really is. Anything just... to add on that, guys? That... We kind <laughs> of said it already, haven't yeah. we? That yeah, I think uh, it is that Friday a bit they're wrong, and Mercedes do. I mean, we've got a uh, that time when coming out about Germany twenty nineteen, and you know. It went absolutely disastrous for Mercedes yeah. and there was a lot went wrong. And Toto came publicly out afterwards and said, <laughs> this was a disaster. Can we you imagine if Ferrari do... were the ones to have done that? They'd be like, no, 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 no. No, we wanted a one and a half minute pit stop for uh, for our car. Uh, you yeah. want to shove uh, a special livery? Yeah. It was, yeah, it was we... a throwback to the 1930s and we wanted to do a 1930s pit stop and make it really slow as a, <laughs> as a tribute to our old, yeah. 
And actually, we wanted to hit the Mercedes branding off the wall because we're Ferrari. Uh, so we, we yeah. you know, we wanted to go off off the track. Yeah, you just know that's part happen. of the plan. Right, moving on from Ferrari. Otherwise, this whole podcast is going to be about the Tommy. Three <laughs> All the questions were. Review, please. Mine is a class above, and that is about <laughs> that's about two drivers actually. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, getting twenty twenty one flashbacks okay. because second race in a row. And Max and Lewis won too. And I think the last two races in particular have showed that they are still... Um, Leclerc's got amazing pace, but he's still not quite there in my opinion. And that what Max and Lewis are showing now is that they are just in that that top tier. I mean, starting with Max, it, it was insane that he came from 10th he spun off. It, there seems some kind of like inevitability about Max now with his with his wins that, I mean, none of us put him even on the podium in our predictions and maybe we're, we're stupid for doing it because we don't have we just, we never, we never, and I, I thought, oh, he's going to have another failure. And actually, um, one thing I did read was his power unit was actually three laps from having a terminal failure, um, which is wild. That's a new power so, unit. Yeah, so the um, Grace Wansey almost almost worked. It's the socks. The socks saved Max. Um, She's got Max socks. Yeah, Yeah, she wore Max socks and a Hamilton Wansey in the first one too. Um, Are you joking? Oh, my God. So, yeah, uh, Max Max was there to, you know, put the pressure on. Um, His pace was phenomenal, and he, despite what Ferrari say, he was there to make Ferrari question the strategy, got the blunder and he had enough pace to win when his teammate um certainly has just completely fallen off pace wise now and then lewis again like p7 to p2 finished ahead of his teammate when he had that drs issue it feels like a what might have been because i think if hamilton started on pole he could generally have mm. won that race and um his pace would have been just happen with Verstappen starting tenth and him just pulling mm. that gap, there weren't, yeah. there wasn't any, there wasn't a safety car, was there? No. So I think he, I think potentially he might have, might have done it. Um, it would, it would have been close, um, but either way, it does feel like a what might have been. Um, to be fair, he only finished eight seconds behind, didn't he? Exactly. So, and you got to so think yeah, he came through pole, from seven to get that gap. Yeah. And Max and Crofty seemed yeah. to think that he was going to overtake him on the last lap, despite there being nine seconds between them. <laughs> yeah. both, so. I don't know what race he was watching. Oh my but God. Yeah, either way, Max and Lewis, <laughs> sen- sensational. And um, dare I say, yeah, without going on to Ferrari again, if that's Do Hamilton it. in the title fight, <laughs> we're getting a much spicier title fight. It's, you can see why those two gave us the the title fight we got last year because my god they really they really are just they would just push each other um to their absolute like top tier yeah absolutely um yeah you can't really argue that the hamilton's been you know he's had five podiums in a row now isn't it yeah yeah that mm-hmm. that's mega uh, from Hamilton and again Mercedes as a whole just utilizing every single race the fact they're 130 odd behind was it 130 odd behind Red Bull I think in the title which yeah or 120 odd that, that's that's mega but genuinely if Mercedes have a decent car in the second half of the year they could easily still maybe challenge for the constructors if they start winning title uh, winning races sorry so you never know but um 
Yeah, I a hundred percent believe now that Mercedes will beat Ferrari in the title. Like, there's there's no there's no two ways about it. I uh, put, this is sorry, I put a hot take on Twitter that Hamilton's finishing second in the title. Yeah, yeah, and I I strongly believe that, mate. To be honest, I think Leclerc yeah. probably finished about seventh in the title at this rate, <laughs> and Signs will finish third. Um, but yeah, Hamilton's been unbelievable. Uh, Verstappen as well. Like he he drives. You can t- you can see the difference in the way Verstappen drives this year. And how that world champion maturity that he's got now is is just that like he knows exactly what to do in these situations. He's not over eager. He's developing very much a Hamilton kind of mindset where, you know, you watch him on the first lap. He's he's trying to make the moves, but he's not doing anything ridiculous. He's just putting the car in places that isn't the riskiest. Obviously, he didn't want to be 10th starting, but he still navigated that really well. He then settled into the race, started making more and more moves and put himself into contention uh, for a Ferrari disaster class. And that's exactly what happened. Um, But yeah, Verstappen's pace was unbelievable, as you say, forced them into, uh, forced Ferrari into doing something silly, which, you know, I'm sure Ferrari weren't probably, didn't probably have that in their plan that Verstappen would be anywhere near. He was. And there's not much more to say, really. Verstappen, the, the Red Bull team around him, is such a well-oiled machine like Lewis and Mercedes, and it shows. Yeah, no, I think props to Lewis Hamilton because that was a sensational drive yesterday. And as it's very much of what could have been, like you say, if he didn't have that DRS issue in qualifying, if he'd started even on the front row, even because George Russell's lap was pretty spectacular. But um, yeah, it's uh, certainly encouraging going into the summer break. Um, because there seems to be all these ideas that Mercedes are going to come back in Spa and have a car that is very, very good. Could age extremely badly that, but um, I am probably with you as well in thinking that Ferrari is probably going to finish this championship in third at this rate if they don't have a serious overhaul. Um, but yeah, a brilliant drive from both Max and Lewis yesterday. There were some really good drives to be honest with you like up and down the grid but then some truly woeful ones which i guess we'll go into in abcdef1 we certainly will question jason r16 underscore asks would even max or lewis stand a chance of winning a title for ferrari in their current guise and i'm gonna say yes with that uh especially lewis hamilton because uh, we did a video which to be fair might well be out no actually it might be coming out day after either way um i dive into a little bit about what Lewis Hamilton has done with Mercedes and the amount of times Hamilton has taken it into his own hands during a race when he feels good in a car is, is you know, there's you can't count it on one hand. It's so many of uh, occasions I can remember of him going, no, I feel good on these tires. I'm going to carry on. I'm going to continue extending the stint. Like he understands everything that's going on. Mm. He's, he's got a clear picture of what's fastest. And obviously he's done a lot of prep work before the race. He knows kind of what, you know, obviously he needs to lean on his team a little bit, but that's something that I think Hamilton bringing that to somewhere like Ferrari would change them in a way. Like you almost can't rely on Ferrari to change their strategy team to be this incredible team. The driver has to have that input. And I think Leclerc is still developing that side of things. I've said this a few times now. I think that he is too nice. I think he literally needs to give Ferrari an absolute bollocking and and tell them and and take it into his own hands sometimes like that was a prime example i know he questioned it that was a prime example for him to say no i feel good on these mediums 
hard tires, which I'm me. sure, yeah, yeah, hard tires would have been like it's it's knowledge before the race that those hard tires were shocking. They were much slower than the mediums and the softs. If he feels good on the mediums, you carry on, and he should he should have refused it, in my opinion, genuinely. Unless they had data that was like, no, Charles, we can see that they are a few laps from literally going kaput, then fair enough. But if he feels comfortable in the car and the data reflects that, keep him on the same blooming tyre. Like, I don't understand it. I mean, this this question is difficult because for somebody like Sebastian Vettel being at Ferrari, that's the man who not only has such mechanical sympathy with the car and like understands the car, what it needs, he was making his own strategy calls in Ferrari and still couldn't achieve anything with it. I think perhaps maybe a Max or Lewis could stand a chance of winning a title with Ferrari in this current guise, but I think it would take several years to get to that point. I don't think they could suddenly do like a freaky Friday and switch Lewis and Charles in the summer break. And then Lewis is going to start, you know, like revolutionize Ferrari I don't think that's going to happen I think Max and Lewis are too embedded within their teams they've been there a while they've had the team built around them like Lewis especially you know he says about the fact that he's spent so much time at the factory and he really sees himself almost on the same level as the people working at the factory sometimes in the way that he speaks about being part of the team you know he doesn't sort of put himself on a pedestal to be like I am the greatest thing in the world like you know he's always got the team in mind um and and same with max so i couldn't see them doing a switcheroo and instantly like the team changing just because a max Verstappen or a lewis hamilton has arrived on the scene but i do agree that leclerc's got to kind of grab ferrari by the gahunas and sort of be like sort your crap out guys because otherwise like we've seen how self-critical leclerc is on himself it's not a healthy environment for him to be in if he's already so self-critical and then Ferrari don't accept any wrongdoing and anything. Like it's just points to all the signs of there being some sort of like disaster. <laughs> yeah. You have to be selfish and think about yourself in formula one, uh, to be a great, don't get me wrong. I think Leclerc being the nice guy, you might grab a title. But I think, but I think to be an absolute, you know, God tier driver and winning multiple titles, you have to have that personality of a, a Schumacher, a Hamilton, of a Stappen, where they are just, they are built different and they're there for themselves at the end of the day. And they are good team players and know what to do for the title. But when it comes to themselves, they will do what they need. And I think. It's interesting you said yes, Matt, because I thought I'd be <laughs> having to argue the point with you, but obviously you agree as well that I think Hamilton, dare I say, like Hamil- if like Hamilton and Wolf went together, hundred percent, like they can, they they've been this amazing partnership. Um, they'd turn the the team around. You know, Hamilton um, did what he did with Mercedes, and um, you know it wasn't just the fact that Hamilton went there and went cool we're going to win now. Um, but you know, he, he, he demands it and he demands that pressure. Whereas Leclerc, I don't feel like does that. And Max is the same, you know, I go back to thinking that Max was going to be a world champion in 2015 when Tarosso told him to let science run a race. And he said, no, jog on, uh, or whatever he said. Mm. And was, and you know, you've got to be out there for yourself and Max, however much, 
uh, like you say about the the whole team versus driver, Max has gone into Red Bull from the very start. Actually, you you could argue that he put himself in such a powerful position that they had to fire Kvyat, who wasn't even doing that badly, to get him in a seat because he. He, de- he demands it like this is him and probably just team Verstappen in general, his management and everyone that he had offers from other people. And he's like, look, get me in that Red Bull. And then, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. So um, that that happened. And then, you know, Daniel Ricciardo's left. He'd been there for ages. And Max has just built that whole team around him to the point where no one seems to be able to even drive that second car. It's Schumacher like um, what he's doing with that. So, yeah, I think he, I think Verstappen and Hamilton would certainly do a lot better and and get some titles and and it's something that Leclerc needs to learn from. It's just whether it's in his nature to to be that ruthless thing. I think Damon Hill, while everyone took it quite wildly out of context of him saying science is a better team leader, I think he just meant that science is more. I want to win and I'm going to be selfish here because we heard even in that race they told him to box and he stayed out again. And maybe that's what Leclerc needs to do if he knows in his mind. So they told him not. to pit after told... Leclerc, did they? Or, or before uh, Leclerc? I, or I don't know if it was to do the same strategy, but I remember seeing a box box and Sainz mm. stayed out at one point. Oh, yeah. I think that was yeah. probably yeah, that was earlier. to do the opposite was, of Russell. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was, was to do the opposite of Russell. But it's still, it's still a case of, you know, Leclerc's there saying in the interview afterwards, I knew that the hard tyre was the wrong choice. Stay out there. Um, I know it's difficult and he, he shouldn't he shouldn't be in that position in the first place, but it's something he needs to uh, do in his drive. The cards has been dealt, isn't it? And yeah, unfortunately, 100%. he shouldn't have to fight Ferrari, but Ferrari are fighting themselves. So there has to be someone that takes, you know, they can't, Ferrari can't run on the track and put hard tires on him if he doesn't pit. You know, there's, there's, there's he has an, an element of choice yeah, exactly. here. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just pain katie what's your three-word race review please so my three-word race review is not hungry's best um because i don't think it was like a fantastic grand prix i think it's maybe one of the worst we've seen so far this season and i know what What we watch excuse me is this hot take wednesday no it was a great race it was a great race i mean terrible for ferrari fans but it was it was great why do you think it was bad, Casey? We'll let you speak before we jump on you. I just, I don't know. Apart from like the massive cluster bleep of Ferrari, and I just, I don't know. It just didn't have in it what I was wanting. I don't know. That is probably a very hot take, but uh, yeah, incredible. There's, 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 there's a wild I don't know if it's take. A cold take or not, but it's a, it's a wild take. That's for yeah. Sure. <laughs> It's against uh, the I think there's been better. I just think there's been better races so far this year. If we had to do like a ranking system on where it where it is, it's probably bottom I, five. Ooh, ooh, no, I, no. I, I, you I, really I, top, think? Top, yeah, I, top four or five. I'd say. Yeah, no. I'd say top five. Really? No, I, mean, I, th- I think. Um, I think the race was actually <laughs> well. Obviously, I was through the tears, but I thought it was a really good race because obviously you had George Russell on pole. <laughs> you had half the half the field on. What are you laughing at? Uh, just the chat. Uh, Kate Walsh doesn't sorry, know they don't agree with you. Um, half... I'm just comparing it to 
previous races in Hungary and what we've seen so far. Katie's been Katie just wanted Katie's 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 to win like, again. Yeah, yeah. Ocon yeah. didn't win, so it was a terrible race. I hate it. Um, but no, I mean, I think you had quite an interesting strategy um, race anyway, because half the field started on softs, half the field started on mediums, which you don't tend to see. Um, obviously, you had George Russell still leading after the first pit stops, which was, which again was quite interesting. You had Verstappen coming through the field. I thought the midfield was actually pretty decent as well. Like you had quite a lot of overtakes into turn one, and then again a lot of like side by side action into turn two. You had Danny Rick doing that awesome move on the double Alpine uh, on both Alpines, for example. Yeah, um, but that was but yeah. good. I like that bit. <laughs> Kids, I enjoyed that bit. Uh, but no, I, I, as I say, I, I enjoyed it as a neutral um, because you know you also had that whole well, who's actually going to win now sort of thing. Obviously, you had Verstappen then eventually getting into the lead, but. You had a question mark over where Hamilton was going to finish. I just felt like there was a lot of unknowns that kept us on the edge of our seat. You know, where can Leclerc finish on these ice skating, like blooming ice skates with the hard tires? Um, but yeah, no, I, I I quite enjoyed it. Yeah, same. There was a there was a lull at the start where it felt like it. I was worried it was going to be one of those races where you're just it's going to say like threat of rain, and then the rain never comes, and you're just kind of like waiting because sometimes that can kill a bit of the the hype when the rain doesn't um come but yeah hungary's had some absolute worldies that's for sure but i'd put this as as a as a potentially very very good race i mean you had like the winner came from 10th there was drama in the strategy there's a lot of strategy going on you felt like russell might still win we had i don't know how many people led was it about six different people led? i think well five maybe uh, five different leaders. No, I would. Uh, I disagree that I thought it was respectfully a good, good disagree. Respectfully disagree. Where would you put it? Would you put it in like top five? I'm I'd curious. Yeah. About fifth, maybe you really yeah, would. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's not as good. It, like, don't get me wrong. It wasn't like as good as Silverstone and, and Saudi, but yeah, we're not. We're there. not saying it's a stone cold banger, but I think not Hungary's best. I mean, fair enough. It probably isn't the best. So it is facts <laughs> yeah. when you're speaking, Katie. But no, I, I I would say you know it was it's like considering there was seven and a half, eight out of ten race. Yeah, uh, I would. I would have to. Say, what number would you give it, Katie? Maybe like a seven out of ten. But I think oh. they've just been. I can. I just think they've been way more better ones throughout the year. So interesting. Still but that, I think that just speaks. Hype. No, I just think it speaks volume <laughs> of like what we have seen. I mean, crikey, like the first three, four races, we were having like proper fair battles between the clerk and Verstappen for the lead of the race, and I just think maybe I like that more than what we saw in Hungary with like the strategy of being like, well, Ferrari have ruined it. So then that's kind of taken excitement out of them potentially fighting Verstappen. Mercedes, maybe they could do it. Maybe they won't. Verstappen just being inevitable and shooting to the front. Perez wasn't there to create any kind of drama. Like, I don't know. I just found it, there were pockets in it, which I just found quite dull. Well, that's the beauty of an F1 race, I guess. And uh, the beauty of yeah. opinion as well. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think as well, an element to it was the slight subpar commentary that we had during it as well. Oh, they which, were already on summer break, mate. You know, they, they were... Yeah, they, that's that's true, what maybe. Helmut Marko would have said about commentary. But, for example, like we're saying, we didn't really have a battle for the lead, but we did because we had Leclerc and Verstappen fighting. I know Leclerc was on hard tyres and it was for third and fourth, but you know, Crofty and Brundle were commentating like it was FP1. And like those two were fighting what was going to be for the eventual lead. Because of course you had the two drivers in front, Russell and Sainz that hadn't pit and, you know, these big moments and you needed that G up and there really wasn't 
huge amount of that. And then you, you kind of almost could hear the click of Crofty going, oh, God, hold on. Now, this is actually quite big, isn't it? Oh, they're side by side. And, and they cut, it's almost like a little bit of a delayed reaction. Same with Russell Pohl. Like there was no understanding or like click of, oh, Russell's actually up on signs with this middle sector. And it wasn't until he came over the line, they were like, oh, my God, he's on pole sort of thing. So you kind of need that that element to, to G you up as well, in my opinion. So maybe maybe that was slightly missing. Uh, I, th- I felt like it was a little bit lax uh, in the commentary this this weekend. Um, but no, I, I genuinely, considering Leclerc had an absolute travesty, I still quite enjoyed uh, the rest of it. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, next, we've got a question from, I love how you deleted one, Tommy, that was about, do Alpine change their lineup? Yeah. And then boom, Fernando Alonso <laughs> going to Aston Martin. Amazing. Um, but Rory Pro 456 Apex One, do you think the Hungarian GP will stay for the next few years? I think it deserves to stay. I think it's one of the most underrated tracks on the calendar. As for, considering that if you look at the track map and they call it, you know, Monaco without walls, yada, yada, it's a very narrow track. You've got probably two overtaken opportunities, three if you're Fernando Alonso and fancy sticking something into turn four. Oh, I know, we've got some ferocious typing going on. Um, <laughs> you're writing down some quotes. Um, but yeah, I, I think that considering what it actually looks like, it produces bangers. You know, you've got changeable weather conditions. Um, and yeah, I think Hungary, when you look back on it, has, has done very well considering what it looks like on paper. Yeah, very underrated, I would would agree. It's got a contract until 2026, apparently. And there was rumours that, they might even extend that till 2037, which is so that was never confirmed. I remember deal. seeing that rumor, but yeah, it was never confirmed. Um, yeah, it's a good, good track. Do you like it very much? I guess. Shock. Why Monaco without walls? I love it. Yeah, I think. Well, <laughs> you know, I love Monaco for the prestige, and some people say that that doesn't hold weight anymore, which is fine. That's your opinion, um, but. You know, I w- I will admit that Hungary is essentially a better Monaco because you get that you get that jeopardy of it is difficult to overtake, so it, so you can get screwed. You know, Ocon's not winning the race last year if it was easy to pass. Let let's be honest. So um, you get that jeopardy, but you can actually pass if you, you know a good old go. And I think I even said in the watch along. I can't remember who we were watching. I think it might have been Leclerc on Russell. But normally you watch Hungary, it's quite frustrating going around that final corner because they can't follow closely. But it showed what a brilliant job they've done with these new cars because Leclerc could literally like pin his car on the back of Russell before he made that overtake. Um, and it just, just shows that this, these new regulations with the easier to follow are 100% working. So well done, F1. Well done, yeah. F1. Uh, just want to quickly say, uh, this hasn't been fact-checked, but someone in the chat, Raja Chandra, there were 65 overtakes yesterday, which is pretty big. I don't know how many we actually saw, but, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, apparently there were 65. Yeah, Hungarian Grand Prix will always have a special place in my heart because it was the first Grand Prix I ever attended. Went to 2015 Hungarian Grand Prix, which you conveniently did at that time went on only last week. So it was a great little listen because... Gave me all the feels. Um, but yeah, I've been saying for ages, I think Hungary is such an underrated track. Only thing I will mention, and this was a problem even when I went in 2015, is Hungary and the promoters of the Grand Prix need to sort some stuff out. Because one, the taxi queues when I was there before, they were like an hour, an hour and a half. There are people reporting like 
three, four hour queues to get a taxi home after the race, after qualifying, which is just appalling, really. Um, and also it sounds like the security at the track as well um, weren't the best. I mean, I can't speak from experience because I wasn't on the ground, but I know a few people have shared things on Twitter to say that they've yeah, had f- really unpleasant experiences. Yeah, my friend was there and uh, she said that uh, she went to the toilet at one point, they closed the gate, and they she wasn't allowed back in to get her seat um and she missed 20 laps and then one of the security guards decked a woman that was trying to get back into the circuit um who had a ticket so they're on a massive power trip i also saw that there was a f1 photographer i think was it mark thompson um she had a picture of him getting punched in the face by a security guard as well so yeah awful awful stuff um especially when F1 have just released this drive it out campaign and then you've got fans being decked by security to be there to help awful awful they better do something about that ASAP because like that's just horrendous you know if you can't trust the security there who can you trust like what's what's going on there it's ridiculous well they've just announced didn't they that oh you can tell security and yeah my friend was there and she said that why weren't they letting her back in to security about it don't know just they they've closed a gate and then had a whole power trip on it. So um oh yeah, God. it's awful. And yeah, it's it's really sad to hear this keeps happening at Formula One races and they said they were making it better. And then this sounds like it was even worse. So okay. not good. Jesus. Right. Moving swiftly <laughs> on um to uh the part of the show, Tommy, which I hope you're ready for. I am. Very last minute. I was okay. scrambling to get a jingle. Of course I was. Um, okay. Of course you were. This is a long one. Uh, my name is Arjun de Reuter. Brackets, yes, try and pronounce that. Uh, I'm a Belgian music producer and DJ. I mainly focus on melodic house and techno, but I love the challenge of making a little audio clip. Ooh, a professional. Yeah. Uh, went slightly more sci-fi vibe with this jingle. Hope you like it. And he says, uh, please listen to it on uh, headphones or good speakers. And I'm going to play it through my phone, through my phone <laughs> but I will put the proper You'll one in. It, yes. Yeah, I'll overlay it. Uh, if anyone wants to follow my musical journey, I'm on Instagram, Vostokbe. V-O-S-T-O-K-B-E. Cheers and love you all. Kind regards, Arjun. Thank you very much. Right, here we go. It's time for A, B, C, D, E, F, 1. It's very vibey. Feels like wow. there's going to be like a like proper techno drop after it. I felt like I was on like a roller coaster and just about to yeah. be like sent into Narnia. Jeez. Yeah, was... I have actually listened to that with proper headphones. I'll put it in. It's, it's big like... Big a vibes. Lot of, a lot it of noise like going Stranger on. Things, kind of. Yeah, it yeah. does actually. Vibes, yeah. Interesting. Well, thank you very much, I like Arjun, it. for that. Uh, right, let's get into ABCDEF1, Star Trek edition. Right. Uh, <laughs> let's start with Lewis Hamilton, A-star. 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 And A-star from the fans. Lovely. Let's go to George Russell, A. A. I'm, I'm leaning towards A-star. He put it on pole and also got a kind of instruction to let Lewis pass. <laughs> No, so he wasn't instructed to let Lewis pass. He got no, overtaken by him. He defended. He defended for, for his life. Mm. He could you have can't get an A star maybe... for getting beaten by your teammate when you're on pole and they started seventh. 
however good Lewis is. Oh, that is true. Okay. Too true. <laughs> Too true. Okay. Uh, yeah, A from us and A for the, from the fans. Max Verstappen, A star. Yeah. Weirdly messy weekend for him, but his race was so good it has to be an A star. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's true. Even with a little spin. We'll give him a nice start. Little spin. Did a donut for the fans and still won the race. <laughs> I mean, that's that's how confident he was. He saw Leclerc on the hard tires and went, "Well, let me just." Okay, I'm going to go past him again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, madness. Like the fact that Verstappen's mediums lasted that long after spinning up the rear tires like he did. Yeah. Good one, Ferrari. Right, a star from us and a star from the fans. Sergio Perez, C. Yeah, C. I think it's going to have to be a C. Yeah, mm, just yeah. not really, not really anywhere, which is such a shame. I was really enjoying the Perez hype train, and that seems to have derailed uh, next to the Ferrari hype train by the looks of things. Uh, so a C from us and a B from the fans. Charles Leclerc, B. Oh, I'm giving a B because he could have taken it into his own hands, and it was race ending. Well, not race ending. Yeah, race and I think if he'd have got pole. It had just been off in the distance and it wouldn't have mattered that they screwed him over because he would have still won because his pace was good. Oh, B seems harsh, but I think it is just a B. No, he's getting an A from me. I'll go B because he was also beaten by his teammate in qualifying. That's true. Uh, which, again, kind of hurt him even more in the race. Uh, yeah, Look at B me. From... I'm the Leclerc fan boy now. I uh, know. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, B from us and a B from the fans. Carlos Sainz. B. Think about the same. Yeah. B. Yeah. He said he B, got a plastic just... bag stuck in his car after the race as well, which I don't know if really? it actually did anything. Bag but... for life or? Um, <laughs> we need to analyse sure it. Could change Sandwich bag. Yeah, such a shame because Sainz this weekend and last weekend look, looked like he's kind of on top of Leclerc now, not on, not, not like beating him, but like look like he's more on his pace and obviously beat him in qualifying and then just had really horrible pace because he had the strategy to win and still finished fourth. So, mm. oh, is it even a C? No, I think it's a B just. Yeah, I think it's a B. Cool. B from us and a B from the fans. Uh, Lando Norris. A very quiet McLaren race. McLaren did the same strategy as Ferrari. No one really mentions that. That they put, well, they did with Danny Rick, didn't they? Put on hards. Did they do the same for Lando? Yes. Uh, uh, on lap 42, he went onto the hards. He went it, soft yeah. to 14 and then mediums to 42 and then ended on the hards. So McLaren also did a, did the strats. Yeah. Um, and he finished 62 seconds behind sixth place. Oh my oh. god! Oh, that's so. still seventh. <laughs> okay, As so. if that's still seventh. Huh? Okay, bye. <laughs> As if that's still seventh. By the way. Yeah. Yes. So it's actually mad. The top six finished within sixteen seconds, uh, and then yeah, Lando, the only other driver not to be lapped, uh, which is uh, yeah quite something. He really struggled on his hard tires, but still finished seventh. So uh, B. Yeah, it's a B. Yeah, great qualifying as well. B. I know we don't add qualifying grades yeah. into it, but still. Yeah, it's B. almost an A because I don't think he could have done much it. more, to be honest. But um, yeah, okay, B. Uh, B from us and an A from the fans. 
Daniel Ricardo. Obviously, he had that yeet moment, didn't he? Into uh, was it Lance Stroll? Lance Stroll, yeah, um, on the way hard tyres. Finished fifteenth yeah. despite having that amazing Alpine moment. It's going to have to be a D. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go. Uh... No, you can't. You can't. Yeah, I, 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 I literally with, can't. I can't. I know do you it. love him. 15. Come I on, can't. not even close. Um, yep. So uh, D from us and a C from the fans. Wow. Okay. Wow. Uh, that Fernando... was just me voting on yeah. my <laughs> account. Yeah, it wasn't actually C, was it? Uh, Fernando Alonso uh, finished P8. Uh, it's gonna be a B. B. Um, I want to give him an E because he just like gave me a heart attack this morning with this stupid Aston Martin news. But yeah, it was a very good <laughs> race. So I'll go for a B as well. Okay, cool. B from us and a B from the fans. Esteban Ocon. I'm going to give him a C just because the way he drove against his teammate and put, nah, that's funny. <laughs> put himself first rather than the team. Yeah, 100%. Uh, just Ocon things, right? Um, it's... Ooh. Oh, uh, no, I think he's a, he gets a lower B, but we don't do a lower B, so I guess huh. it's just... High C <laughs> from me, then. <laughs> I forgot he out-qualified Alonso when I thought like Alonso was going to be... Yeah. Yeah, I'll go for a B, because obviously... <laughs> French bias! Oh, okay, B from us and a B from the fans. Pierre Gasly finished 12th after starting from the pit lane. C. C. Yeah, I mean, knocked out in Q3 again. Sorry, I know I keep going on about qualifying, but it was a very good comeback drive. So, let's see. Yeah, I mean, you start from the pit lane anyway, didn't you? Was it for new parts? or? Yeah, yeah he had a power yeah, unit changed. Yeah. But so, still, yeah. it's just a bit anonymous, isn't he? Yeah, really anonymous. Shame. So, C from us and uh, C from the fans. Yuki Tsunoda had an absolutely oh, horrendous God. race. It's e- going to be an E F. from me. Yeah, E. E, I F? think, yeah. No, he, how, he finished like... Behind, like a minute behind, if you Latifi. Lap laps behind down. Latifi, yeah. Well, I guess yeah, I had that behind Latifi, quite awkward spin on f- an awkward spin on fresh soft tires as well, which uh, was not ideal because he was in the middle of the track as the red ball was arriving behind him, uh, but managed to get out of the way. Yeah, an E from us and a D from the fans. He finished two laps down. Fans, what are you doing? What are <laughs> they you voting well, they're not, for? They're not evil like us. Uh, Vettel finished P10, got a point. I'm going to give him a B. Yeah, B. B. Aston Martin, love a point after just being absolutely useless in qualifying. (laughs) B from us and a B from the fans. Lance Stroll, C, finished 11th. Yeah. Okay, C from us and a C from the fans. Nicholas Latifi finished 18th, but went fastest in FP3 and did a purple set to one. It's got to be a start. Q1, it's going to be a C. A C. I just want to give an A star for just the shits and gigs, but I'm going to give him a C. Yeah, I'll balance out. I'll give him a C. This means nothing anymore. I've graded them all so weirdly that I'm just going off random ones. Okay, C from us and a D from the fans. Wow, fans now decide to be savage. Um, next up is Alex Alban. Uh, he lost his front wing on Sebastian Vettel, didn't he? Uh, had to then pit. Nice contact with Vettel as um, Alban. Finished ahead C of Satifi, though. C as well. So, C. Yeah, C. Okay, C from us and C from the fans. Bottas, DNF. Where was he running? Just outside the points, was it? C as well. Yeah. <laughs> C. 
Yeah. Yeah, C. Okay, and C from the fans. Joe Guan Yu finished 13th. Going to give him a C. 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 And a C from the fans. <laughs> We're getting into our old traditions of just giving Alfa Romeo C. Yeah. Kevin Magnussen, 16th. Mm, D. He had his race ruined because he once again got contact early on in the race and then had to pit. D. Went on a mad one Which... at the start trying to, <laughs> trying to get yeah, a T1. Again. He just sends it, but... I love it. I respect it. He drove it, into the back of Danny Rick, wasn't it? Was that him? Someone drove into the back of Danny Rick at the start. Oh, wait. Magnuson had the upgrade as well and finished behind Schumacher. Yeah, D. Yeah. No one had the answer for me as to who ran into the back I of Danny no Rick at the start. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Good chat, good chat. Uh, yeah, okay. D from us and a C from the fans uh, for K Mag. And Mick Schumacher finished 14th. I'm going to give him a C. C. Yeah, C. <laughs> okay, and a C from the fans. Lovely. Hungry prediction time. Now, I went for a stap and DNF. <laughs> Now, I didn't say which session he wouldn't finish, and technically he didn't finish Q3. So uh, I um, like, no, it's fine. Okay, whatever. Fine. Zero points. Don't care. And Mercedes, another podium, which is correct. It does two. Um, Mercedes, two points. Oh, yeah, two points. Thanks, I was going to say, does it? It's no points because technically it was two podiums. Oh, don't you get pernickety <laughs> with me. That's a point. Moving on, Katie. I said an unusual podium finisher. No, and there'll be a wet session, which I know I'm going to get crucified for, but it's a point, so goodbye. You're a disgrace. Oh, I know. There'll be a session next for Spa. There'll, <laughs> there'll be, be a, cars on there'll track. There'll be precipitation. Oh, God, Far, I just realised. I mean, big Matt brain strats, just checking the weather. It always is a bit funny weather in Hungary. Yeah, true, because, it, well, it, we didn't get the washout, did we, in, in Quali? So. No. Um, right, I went for Ferrari 1-2 in qualifying, Um Never trust Ferrari. And Lando, top five in qualifying, which was correct. Whoop, whoop. So we all got a point. Point. Yay. Amazing. One Mate, point what for are you going to do about that? <laughs> Dan CFC, 21. Alonso podium. No. What a hoser. Haas, Williams and Aston Martin will all have a driver in the points. No. 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 Ed Edu 27 Verstappen DNF. No, neither of us got that. I'm sorry, Ed Edu. Right. Spa predictions. I've gone for Leclerc wins. And Vettel outqualifies Stroll. <laughs> what are you going to do next year when Vettel's gone? There will be a lot of outqualifies Stroll. Katie, I'm going to go with a Mercedes win in Spa, and then TV direction shows the nearby go kart track. Oh, just at any point? What? Any what, point in, in any zoom out? So it could literally be that big. No, they have no, to zoom in on the carts again. They okay, to, they have to zoom like, in on zoom the carts. Katie like has, to be, the has to think that there's someone <laughs> on the track in on the go-kart. Track. <laughs> that, yeah. was a, that was incredible. That's the level of zoom. Yeah, we okay, need, we need yeah. big old zoom. Wait, so wait, if anybody think, has the number feels like TV it's the direction. Real... Oh, well, yeah. but I think they've blocked us. Um, right, uh, <laughs> I've gone us? for a TV direction. Oh, yeah, 100%. I've gone for an Alpine podium. Just wishful thinking, but here we are. And uh, Leclerc closes the gap to Verstappen. So basically, up but to how is that much? because the Leclerc ones is going on for Spa, is it? Or no? Oh, right, that's <laughs> what's going on for Spa? <laughs> I don't know. I decide. I take, you, I do, you do realize there are thousands of I people that think bribes. you're ruining Formula One. Oh yeah, people genuinely believe it's a thing. Although to oh, be no, fair, it is scary that they finish one two and. 
And Hamilton had his best weekend and would have won if she was wearing the the onesie in qualifying, which she was. If you hadn't so. have put the Max Verstappen socks on, then Wait, what, yeah. what was she wearing for the onesie in qualifying? I thought she Just was wearing normal, the no onesie normal stuff. Katie, oh, thought... Katie took it, but she didn't put it on her. So it didn't so give she the wasn't power. Wearing... And then no. she, put the... she doesn't tend. She to, doesn't Max tend to work for on. qualifying. Doesn't oh tend to work for quality. God. She's very picky okay. when she makes to her powers work. The socks saved the the power unit from the three laps to go explosion, uh, which is, apparently this is a disgrace. How long will this last? I do not know. <laughs> but um, good times. And fans, Vettel Laporte, Mercedes outscore Ferrari again. Thank you. Mega versus Primus. We actually have a race at Spa and a Mick Schumacher top three at any time throughout the weekend. Okay. And, well, well, um, even if like they go out, if Mick goes out first in FP1 and naturally yeah, sets the fastest that, that time, no, is that the end of the session. Yeah. 100%. End of session. Okay. Yeah. I don't know why that would happen, but here That's we are. That's a me prediction. We did have, I mean, <laughs> we did have Latifi FP3 uh, fastest. So yeah. And Alan Jola, Perez doesn't make it in Q3. Mm, that that looks more likely than than anything. Might have to give you a point now already. Okie dokie. Well, here we are. The end of the Hungarian Grand Prix podcast. Really glad I got to the end uh, without storming out at any point. Hopefully you all enjoyed the Ferrari ranting uh, and everything else that went on. Uh, Tommy, final thoughts? My final thoughts are that Ferrari enjoy three weeks where you can't bottle a strategy put your feet up well done pretend everything's behind okay. with an amazing car <laughs> enjoy um enjoy yourselves you d- you've earned wow. it that's I, I, that, I should be saying this sassy sassy <laughs> final thought but you've done it wow okay katie my final thought <laughs> Is that I'm I like Formula to, One. I like cars. Um, I'm looking forward to the summer break because it's been quite a chaotic first half of the season. Looking and... forward, right? We we need to ban you from saying looking forward yeah, in your in your final Really? Yeah, it, it's every time. Um, I am Thrilled. excited for the <laughs> summer break. I want a break. That's my final thought. <laughs> I need time off. Okay. Um, but yeah, Fair. Okay. And my final thought is um, thank you, everybody, for your wonderful support on our Twitch channel that we have been uh, running for the last few months. Um, We will be doing a lot of content over there, WTF1 Official, uh, where you can uh, join ourselves when one of us isn't on holiday, Katie falling asleep already at the end of this podcast. Sorry. Um, And, yeah, so make sure you go and follow us uh, on on Twitch, WTF1 Official. Uh, And thank you, everybody, for watching and listening. As always, we are into the summer break, so you won't see another one of these race review podcasts for a well, three and a bit weeks. Uh, so look forward. Well, actually, pretty much four weeks now, isn't it? Look forward. Um, yeah, I look forward <laughs> oh, to, uh, to uh, some more content <laughs> coming your way. Don't we? We're not going. We're not disappearing. Lots of stuff coming on the YouTube channel as always. Uh, hashtag WC1 Podcast if you want to get involved in the discussion and send us anything. And also um, things. Uh, I don't know what I was about to say. I was about to say something uh, which was to do with content yeah who knows i don't care i don't care anymore thank you to team wtf1 for uh for tuning in as always it's been an absolute pleasure to bring you guys the live podcast on the monday and that is it i'm going to stop talking now because we are into the summer break lots of love see you soon take care adios bye-bye